0: Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad It's a northern New Mexico Christmas, and ideas are lighting the way Santa is coming on Christmas. Eve. Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN on Radio 1017 The Team. If you're wondering who is that? It's none other than Lenny Royball, legendary coach here in the uh, in New Mexico. I remember him from his days at Santa Fe High, then he was at the College of Santa Fe, took him to uh, Ke- uh, Kansas City to Kemper Arena for the NAIA Finals one year and then he coached a bunch of years at Española Valley and he's a he's a star. He's a, he, he provided us with that song in Northern New Mexico Christmas. Okay, so uh, Sam, we talked about the fact that Top 5 was right around the corner. Another thing that is right around the corner is True or False Tuesday. We're going to do that for people who have never won before. Got a great prize pack, but in the meantime, let's do top five. Take it away, Sammy. Initialize Now. Five, four, three, two, one. We're now in the approach phase. Everything
1: looking good. It's time for the Hinkle Law Office's top five. Hinkle Law Offices is representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit hinklelawoffices.com. Take it away, Sam Hauser. All right, well, getting us started today with who's in, who's out. Of course, who's in is always up first, and getting us started is none other than Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff, on his way out, and he's got to deal with all these kind of headaches. Bill Hancock responding to a sternly worded letter written by Florida Senator Rick Scott pounding the table in the situation room there in Florida, demanding answers, as to why Florida State was left out of the playoff. Well, Bill Hancock takes the time out of his day to write this letter, and he starts the letter like this. Dear Senator Scott, knowing how busy you are, thank you very much for taking the time to write about college football. Good for you. And then he goes on to explain everything that we've heard a thousand times over about Jordan Travis. About Jordan Travis's injury, and strength and schedule, and it didn't hurt. It didn't help anybody that Louisville entered the ACC championship game, having lost Kentucky the week before. All the things we already knew, but just having to appease these Florida politicians who demanded answers.
0: Yeah, and that's another example of how things like will go away is kind of quickly as they came. It, there was a lot more, uh, like. Time spent in people arguing about Florida State being snubbed from the college football playoffs, uh, then you know Georgia probably had more of a gripe than even Florida State did. If you look at it collectively, by the way, Florida State—they were, I think, in top five. You said they were threatening to boycott the
1: Orange Bowl. They were so ticked off. That that's gone away too, right, Sam? That, that that's gone away, and that was, I think, more angry fans telling them that they should do that but yeah that's gone away too fortunately
0: okay well one thing that hasn't gone away is the fact that Georgia is a two touchdown favorite against Florida State so like the 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 people in Vegas that make these numbers they have zero emotion connected to them and if Florida State is a two touchdown underdog against Georgia like from the odds maker
1: standpoint they certainly don't Belong in the top four there, Sam, or at least uh, they wouldn't have been any less of a favorite against Washington. uh Georgia, or if, if Florida State was was the four seed, was the four seed and played Washington? or no, they would have played Michigan as the four seed. Oh no, thank you. Yeah, okay, they would play okay. Michigan. Yeah, so I mean, they may
0: have been seventeen or eighteen
1: point dogs.
0: Well, probably not against. I think actually, if Georgia was in there playing Michigan. Well, it's a pick against Alabama, right? And we know Alabama almost lost to, to Auburn a couple of weeks removed. So, right. So people, like, the SEC has done what the SEC has done for years and years and years. So, uh, anyway, if if those teams are in there, uh, the odds makers generally, like, put them as favorites there. So, anyway, getting back to, to Florida State, yeah, um, that interesting letter from Bill Hancock, of, you know, shooting back to the... To the folks there in Florida. Thank you
1: for taking time out of your busy schedule to inquire about college football. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it had a shot in there as well. All right, what else is in there, Sammy? Christian McCaffrey, guest last night on the Manning cast on Monday Night Football. And in the middle of the second quarter, he's not the first one to ever do this on the Manning cast. It's not like it's anything unheard of, but Christian McCaffrey did predict a play correctly that the Eagles were going to run before they did it. Jalen Hurts is running a QB draw to the left. The tight end's gonna pull. He's deep. Tight ends deep, so he's sifting backside. There you go. Oh look at that. Look at that.
0: Eli, he sifted but it wasn't a, to the left. That,
1: that, that's pretty left. good that's a pretty good prediction. So I know you're not, obviously Joe, but if you were an Eagles fan would you? Would that make you start to question if the Eagles are becoming predictable? Yeah, I, yeah, it's got to. It's got to. Now,
0: Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, well, I, yeah, I mean, he, he's a, a a professional level football player has for years. Stanford, and, he's and, a smart guy, he, he's a smart guy too. Yeah, but like th- those guys are in all the meetings and and they have tendencies. They know tendencies. And don't forget the Niners and. Eagles had played not too many games before, so That's right. he was probably in on a lot of those film sessions as well. But, no, I'm impressed when he predicts a play, Tony Romo predicts a play, uh, Troy Aikman... You notice he stopped doing that? I, Romo. I, I, Romo had meetings with uh, people with CBS. Like, they, they put him into the... Uh, The timeout room and they went over a bunch of things with him because you remember when Brent Musburger, uh, like when Tony Romo was this phenomenon of like doing this and that Brent Musburger took the exact opposite approach and said, Tony, Tony, don't be doing that. You're stepping all over uh, Jim Nance's toes and and it's going to wear on the fans. Tony, Tony, quit doing that. Well, I guess Tony Tony
1: has quit doing that. Well, who's out, Sammy? All right. Quite the revelation that we got from Aaron Rodgers today on his weekly Tuesday hit on the Pat McAfee Show. Quote, If I was 100% today, I'd be pushing to play, but the fact is, I'm not. The whole time, it's been hoping that we're still in it because it's unrealistic to think I'd be 100% at any point in the regular season. Remember going into this game, Aaron Rodgers was cleared to return and cleared to open up his window to come off IR. And then the Jets lose thirty to nothing to the Dolphins in a game where we couldn't decide. Nobody could actually give us the clear-cut answer. This was one of the weirdest things that happened in the entire NFL weekend with Zach Wilson getting the start for the Jets. First, first the report was he was dehydrated. Then he had a concussion. Then maybe it was a little bit of both. But after a thirty-to-nothing loss. Yeah, my uh, my Achilles isn't ready to come back yet.
0: Well, he, everybody he was all high on Zach Wilson after the previous week's
1: game, where he was unbelievable, right? Bad, uh, nasty weather game at home, and they beat the Texans, I think, thirty to six. Yeah, well, playing against the
0: Dolphins will make you not feel quite as good. Let's just put it that way. That was a route. The Dolphins are, you know, were a much better team. This whole thing with Aaron Rodgers and the possible return is a complete sideshow. It would have been done. Uh, you know, would have been dumb for him to do that. All right, what
1: else is out? Who else is out? Semi. Last night marked Philadelphia's eighth consecutive loss to the Seattle Seahawks. So the Eagles lost their third game in a row this season and their eighth game in a row to the Seahawks. It's not only like they play each other a ton, but but eight in a row is more than just coincidence. The last time the Eagles won that head-to-head against Seattle. Mike Mike Holmgren was in his last year as the Seahawks head coach. Oh my god. And taking snaps under center. This Jim made me Zorn? this no. made me so happy to see this yesterday. I mean, just a great name to reminisce the, the quarterback for Seattle was Seneca Wallace.
0: I was state Seneca Wallace. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that does put it in perspective.
1: Russell Wilson wasn't even at Wisconsin yet. He was still at NC State. <laughs> oh, that is funny, Seth. That is funny. Yeah.
0: I, I yeah I don't know I mean both teams have similar helmets maybe the Eagles keep throwing it to Seattle I don't know keep who what else is out there Sammy what
1: else is out a handful of golf's top ranked players got the Masters of course looking ahead to the Masters here in the spring still a few months away in 2024 but the Masters already known for having one of the smallest fields of any PGA Tour event outside of the FedEx Cup playoffs this year the field expected to be even smaller. As it stands right now, there are only 77 eligible golfers to participate in the Masters. That's 11 less than last year, and it's really just because as we get further and further along with live, and further and further away from these guys competing on the PGA Tour, they're becoming ineligible for these major tournaments. And so you're looking right now at a 77 golfer field in the Masters, which is... The lowest that tournament would have seen in like forty something years. Yeah, it, like th- that. It, that's the way things are evolving here, Sam. Yeah. You're do- now you're just doing it to yourself, though. Like now, if you're the PGA Tour, but you were trying to make a stand, and now, now you're just hurting yourself. Remember, the Master
0: Ma- the masters well, uh, is not, not the- part of the PGA Tour. Uh-
1: they, they, Thank you, they, yes. they, would be very, very de-
0: felt. You know a- Anyway, they, they're very, very.
1: But there's, I mean, there's a, there's a, a working relationship there. It's a, there. It, it's a with major. Augusta National it's a major. And everybody involved. Yeah.
0: No. But would, yeah, I, I see your point. And when you start putting these stipulations, the end result is that there's only seventy-seven players. Did you say 77? seventy-seven?
1: Seventy-seven. Which is uh, last year? Uh, this last year there were eighty-eight. Okay, yeah, and
0: now never fear—like uh, people who have won get an exemption. So it's still gonna—it's gonna still be some of the great golfers, but like some of these other names that you, you're, there's not gonna be the, the the quantity of these other names that we're used That's to right. seeing. All right, uh, what's number four, Sammy? Four.
1: Ooh. Alright, two basketball, one game last night in the Mountain West, Portland State goes to Fresno and wins 75-72 in overtime there at the Save Mart Center in Fresno, but the fact that this game even went to overtime in the first place was a minor miracle for the Bulldogs, down 41-28 to at the half, they come all the way back, game goes to overtime, Portland State wins on a buzzer-beater three at the end of overtime, to stun the fans, send them home happy, and that's another bad loss for Fresno State. It is not a good uh, loss for the league either. Um, Any action tonight? Oh boy, is there action tonight. One game tonight in the Mountain West. Got a whopper at Viejas Arena. San Diego State playing host to University of St. Catherine. Located just up the road in San Marcos, California. The school opened in 2011. According to its Wikipedia page, most of the students at University of St. Catherine horse student athletes. They do actually play competitive basketball. They're in NAIA, but one guy who's playing right now on the team owns nine career records. He's going to answer. He's going to enter. Is there an NAIA transfer
0: portal? I mean, you don't think, you think he might transfer to. I, I don't know. I mean, think. really?
1: Yeah. I mean, you got. 17 career program records owned by guys currently on the team and one player has nine of them i mean when you've only been, when you've only been a school for 13 years that's probably going to happen but this is the stiff competition that san diego state is facing all right,
0: tonight. from just up the road at san marcos california never heard of it um they're going to get a game check and not have a whole lot of expenses right. along the way all right uh what else is? Uh, is there anything else under number four? Yeah, uh, oh, entering a ton, tonight,
1: a ton. Yeah, entering tonight's action. The Mountain West has four teams that are top thirty in the net, five in the top forty-five. But you got the Mountain West, the Big Twelve, and the SEC is the only three conferences in college basketball with at least four teams top thirty in the net. So think about that. The Mountain West on the same plane as the Big Twelve and the SEC right now for top teams in the net. Of course, Colorado State. Still up there at 19. San Diego State 25th. Lobo's 28th. In impressive. The net. That's Lobo uh, Lobo's
0: sitting at 28. 28th? Very
1: impressive. Very impressive at 28. Utah State oh, equally. That impressive. blows my mind.
0: Sandy, we, Utah State, we looked, I think they were picked to take seventh or eighth
1: in the league. They're 30th in the country in the net, and then Nevada's 45th. Now, after that, the bot the, the bottom starts to fall out. Because then okay. you got Boise State 78th. And then you got to go all the way down to UNLV at 150th. Those guys had their hearts ripped out. Playing a game against St. Mary's over the weekend at the Phoenix Suns Arena. Talking about a buzzer beater. If that ball leaves the dude from St. Mary's fingertips a tenth of a second later, that game's going to triple overtime. Instead, St. Mary's beats UNLV in double overtime, but we won't worry about the bottom, we'll just worry about the top. Well, because
0: after the 150, like you said, I'm thinking Wyoming is below 150, Fresno's below 150, Air Force below 150, San Jose State San Jose State below 150, yeah, yeah. alright, well, so those guys aren't holding up the the league here, what about uh, in the high school action there? Yeah, Thanks.
1: some high school action tonight, Albuquerque Academy hosting Moriarty, Chargers coming off of their... Runner-up finish at the Joe Armijo Classic. Getting Moriarty tonight. The Pintos coming in. Bernalillo playing Farmington on the boys' side. On the girls' side, you got more tournament action. Bright and early tomorrow morning. Get your coffee ready for some girls' tournament action. Moriarty playing La Cueva tomorrow on the girls' side. 9.30 a.m. La Cueva, I believe that's a host tournament for them. And then Valley and Cruces just after 11 o'clock. What is number three? We'll keep our eye on all that high school stuff. That was number three. Well, there is an update to this story that I'm going to give you first. Some 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 good news. The story did actually end in a positive way. Tommy DeVito, the quarterback for the New York Giants, he did show up at that pizzeria in New Jersey. After all, he did make his appearance after the pizzeria had canceled this event. Come see Tommy DeVito. We're selling tickets. Come see Tommy DeVito. You can get an autograph. This whole event was scheduled at a pizzeria in New Jersey. It got canceled originally because Tommy DeVito's agent at the last second after the Giants pull off that crazy win over Green Bay a couple weeks ago, all of a sudden, Tommy DeVito's appearance fee doubles. And this is a local mom-and-pop pizzeria in New Jersey. They don't have that kind of money sitting around. So they had to cancel this event. There's a lot of bad karma there going around with Tommy DeVito. But the story ends on a, on a brighter note because he did show up after all. So
0: that uh, that, that uh, pizzeria was kind of burying DeVito, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, amongst other things, after the, the Giants lost, uh, they, they posted something that said, Sorry about the loss today, hashtag New York Giants fans, but we're Italian, too, and don't like it when somebody says one thing and does another.
1: Yeah, that that's how quickly all of this can come to a but. But it's all been halt.
0: rectified. A, like he, Devito and the pizzeria uh, made up, and he's gonna do this appearance.
1: The, if that part of it worked out off the field, but uh, Devito, San, uh, Lynn Sanity, Tommy Devito edition might be coming to an end because of what you just mentioned. The Giants stun Green Bay. Then you get the Saints, a beat up Saints team. Derek Carr can't stay healthy. And they wiped the floor with the Giants 24 to 6. Going back to the before the season even started, going back to the offseason, Giants owner John Mara, he did an interview with Sirius XM NFL Radio. And he had this great line. He was talking about head coach Brian Dayball, who had just won Coach of the Year. And all this love around the league, certainly around New York, New Jersey for Brian Dayball. This was the messaging then. And. It's come full circle now, applying to Tommy DeVito. This was Giants owner John Mara uh, earlier this year. He's so built for New York. He's so built for the personality
0: of those fans. Like that guy, if you. Parcells had it, but this guy has it. And it's. They love. His animated routine, really.
1: Uh, oh, we, we kid him. I mean, right now, he's Bono walking around <laughs> yeah. uh, New York City. But I've told him, I said, in this business, it doesn't take long to go from Bono to Bozo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, And at least on the football field, that's the DeVito story now. All right. What is number two there, Sammy? Two. 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 Well, no one in baseball is going to sniff the territory of Shohei Otani's $700 million contract that he got with the Dodgers. But one of the remaining prize-free agents on the market is a former Dodger who's trying to get his bag as well. Cody Bellinger had a year that was the closest thing we've seen to his 2019 NL MVP season was on this just short-term, one-year prove-it contract with the Chicago Cubs. Now, his representation is saying that Cody Bellinger will not sign for any less than a $200-plus 1000000 package, so... You saw what he was able to do. This, I mean, this great redemption story. We all love Cody Bellinger. We do. He, baseball is better when Cody Bellinger is better. He had this great year with the Cubs. Would you give him a long term $200 million deal again now, is the question. Yeah, I, I don't think I would. I
0: don't think I would. I'm if, with you. Because, like we saw in 2019, Bellinger was a beast when he won the National League MVP. Two, uh, 305 average. 4-7 home runs, 47 home runs, 115 Rivies, uh, and the 15 stolen bases. Last year, his average was fine at three zero seven, but far less home runs. In fact, 21 less home runs, 26 and 90 RBI. So, I I just um, don't think that you can, like, look at 2019 and 2023 without thinking about 2020, 2021, and yeah. 2022. And that doesn't add up to 200 million to me, there, Sammy. Wood is number one. One.
1: One.
0: One. Number one.
1: I think what I would ideally try to do there, if I'm working with Cody Bellinger, is I would go high, high, high. Average annual value. I mean, I'm not doing. I'm not going to do 200, but you know, I might go like three years, 110 million player option in the third year, and if he comes back in 2024 and is able to replicate that, we can come right back to the negotiating table and try to give him what he wants. But I'm not jumping in with 200 yet.
0: (laughs) Look at Sammy, our own resident Scott Boros here, coming up with numbers out of thin air. Nice job, Sam. Nice
1: job on top five. All right, yeah. On On a completely different note here, going to turn the music down. Uh, We we got an update to the story yesterday. The latest reporting from the Las Vegas Review-Journal about a murder case that went on 27-year-old former NBA G League player Chance Comanche admitted admitted to killing a 23-year-old woman and hiding her body in Henderson, Nevada. He was arrested in Sacramento, California. The Las Vegas Review-Journal has been all over the story of just a a, a wild, jaw-dropping murder case involving this former G League player. Comanche told Las Vegas homicide detectives that he followed the direction of 19-year-old Sakari Harnden, who told him she was having issues with another person, basically somebody was getting framed for murder. All of a sudden, now this you know this Comanche gets involved in the situation. He kills somebody and hides her body in Henderson, Nevada. The body was found, and now his whole life is is ruined forever. But some of this is you know kind of it caught our attention because anytime there's a connection to sports, former G League player. But this was one that really just came out of nowhere over the weekend. Hard to wrap your head around.
0: Well, you're saying former G League player. I mean, he's a former player now, but he was playing like just a week ago. Uh, That's what he was in Vegas for. Right. He was was playing in the G League. He was playing in the Dollar Loan Center Arena there in, in Henderson in a G League game. Scored 17 in the game uh, that same weekend this all went down. Not that, that none of that matters, but like it's not like this
1: This guy was far removed from the G League as a former player. No, He's, but he killed he, somebody, hid the body, and then just kept going about life playing basketball.
0: Yeah, uh, just a, a, a really horrible story, like you said. And uh, this was a guy, Chase Comanche, that was— Played high school ball in Beverly Hills, California. Was recruited by everybody out of high school. UCLA down the road. Louisville, when they were good. Arizona ended up getting him. And didn't do much at Arizona. And then just went pro and really hasn't done a whole lot since. Obviously, not anything good, at
1: least. No, and and now there won't be anything left to that story, most likely, at least for a long, long time.
0: All right. Well, uh, good job there, going one, uh, five to one there in the top five, Sammy.
1: That's tonight's Hinkle Law Offices top five. Hinkle Law Offices representing motorcycle riders across New Mexico since 1990. Visit HinkleLawOffices.com.